we got to get cranking here. Hebrews 10. For the sake of time, I'm going to just read um, two verses, verse 38 and 39. Then we'll pick up here a little bit. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. It says, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not, but we are not, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul, to the saving of the soul. We're on part three tonight, winners, quitters, and cowards. Thank you, Father, tonight for the word we're receiving. Thank you for these, your precious people that are gathered here. I pray, Father, that you give me clarity as we minister the word of God. Let me hear you clearly, Father. Even things that I've not already heard, show me things that I've not already seen, Father. Say things that I've not already thought of in the mind. Father, Lord, tonight move in this place, speak to your people, and I pray, Father, that we'll be charged up and more determined than ever to go all the way with Jesus. Thank you, because he went all the way for us. So, Lord, let that be, let that be settled in our hearts that we will go all the way. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Praise God. There, there's a song uh, back when I was growing up, you know, Growing up uh, in the 70s, I was born in 1971, 14th of August, 1971. <laughs> That's how you got to say 1971, so it sounds really, really old. <laughs> but growing up, we used to, you know, uh, get dressed in the mornings, and we had a station here at WRXB, 1590, Star 1590 WRXB. And they, you know, I was, I was about to say they used to play all that old music, but it wasn't old back then. It, was, it would be old now. But uh, it was the stuff then. And there was a man named uh, Reverend James Cleveland, Gospel Music Worship of America. Y'all remember James Cleveland? You know, like peace be still. Master, the tempest is raging. And the billows are tossing high. Another song that they used to sing, he sang. They said, I don't feel no waste time. Come too far from where I start. Y'all never remember that one? Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe. And they hit that, I don't believe he won't make this talk. I don't believe. <laughs> He'd always do that. <laughs> he had like no teeth across here, no teeth. <laughs> AM fifteen ninety. Star fifteen. But in that song, they said, nobody told me the road would be easy. And we have learned, the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. So our road is, is, is supposed to be easy. But there's a scripture we read on Sunday in 2 Timothy 3.1 that speaks to what Brother James Cleveland saying. In 2 Timothy 3.1 in the Living Bible, Paul 
talking to his son in the faith, Timothy, says this. You may as well know this too, Timothy, that in the last days, it is going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Wow. In the last days, are we in the last days? Well, the last days kicked off in Acts 2. Right? We know that. Day of Pentecost fully come. They are they're speaking in tongues and so forth. And the people thought they were drunk and they said, Peter said, yeah, they're drunk. It's not as you suppose. But this is that which is spoken to the prophet Joel, Joel chapter 2. In the last days I pour my spirit on upon all flesh. Joel 2.28, right? And so the last days we knew started then. So we're in the last hours of the last days. Now they faced difficulty back then. <laughs> I mean, they they caught it, they caught it right out, of the, right out of the gate. And I'll show you tonight, Jesus told them about that, they were gonna face that. And so, but it's 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 amazing that so many Christians in today's time, 2021, with the 21st century church, think that we don't have to deal, deal with anything, we don't have to, we're not gonna have any difficulty, and yet. He said in the last days it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian, which would tell me that the difficulty only gets more and more intense. That it'll get more and more difficult to be a Christian. Because, I mean, if it's in the last days, now we're in the last hours, if not the last minutes of the last days, it's not getting easier. I said it's not getting easier. It's getting more difficult. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, because you got to remember in, in, the, in the earlier days, you remember, the, how many of y'all are over 30? Okay, so you can remember 30 years ago, some of y'all, I'm way over 30. <laughs> Me too. But if, you know, if you remember 30 years ago, if you watched television, there was no, there was no profanity on television. There was no nudity on television. Not even the movies. You can go to the movies and watch whatever. There was none of that stuff on, out there. I mean, if it was profanity, it was, you know, it'd, it'd be, they had to slide it in like you just, boy, not, not like that 30 years ago. I, got, I guess I got to change it. I got to go probably 40 years ago because 30 years ago, coming to America came out. And I, just, I was like, wait a minute. Carry the one. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, I guess it was bad 30 years ago. So you, get, you, got, you got to go back to the black and white TV you, we used to watch. Right? And most folk went to church that you knew. And there was a, we, we, were, we were a Christian nation by declaration. Every, I mean, the bars weren't open on Sundays. You couldn't buy alcohol in St. Petersburg on Pelham County on Sundays. Then, then it moved down to, well, you couldn't buy it until after 1 o'clock. Now it's 24 hours a day, 7 days, where you can get just lick it up as you want to. But, but my point is, uh, 40 years ago, it, it, you, people were in the closet. That's all I got to say about that. 
Now, now there's pride parades. Right? But not only that, you are now challenged on how you feel about that. Or anything else anybody does. They want to know what you, what you, what you think about that. And, and if you dare say anything that doesn't conform to the mainstream ideal, then you're going to be persecuted. So this is why he's saying, in the last days, it is going to be very difficult to be a Christian. I mean, in the King James, it says in the last days, perilous times will come. So even when Paul was talking here to Timothy, remember, the last day started at the day of Pentecost. So Paul recognized, okay, what we're going through is nothing compared to what the, la the last of the last days, in fact, when you read that, it's really the last of the last days, what the last of the last days Christians are going to have to go through. Y'all stay with Jesus now. Remember, we just said we're going all the way, right? So um, the road... <laughs> Is is not necessarily going to be easy for us. Now that's that's interesting because go, go to uh, Matthew uh, eleven, Matthew eleven, and uh, verse twenty eight, because we've gotten this this down in our hearts here. Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty, where Jesus talks about, you know, he says, "Come on, come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you what." That doesn't sound difficult, does it? He said, I will give you rest. Then verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am what? And lonely in heart, and you will find what? Rest. This sounds easy so far, doesn't it? Verse 30, verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow, this sounds like the way it's supposed to be easy. And so Christianity, and if you allow that phrase, that word Christianity, our relationship is easy. It's easy being saved. It's, it's not hard to be saved. It's not hard. Watch this. It's not hard to live right. I'm going to come on this side over here. Because they, they didn't say anything over there. So I'm gonna come on. It's not hard to live right. It's easy to live right. Tell somebody it's easy to live right. Well, I'm struggling so much. Why, why are you struggling to live right? Why in the world you struggling to live right? You have a new nature. Which means if you have a new nature, you have, it's, it should be a struggle to live wrong. <laughs> right? Am I right about it? If you have a new nature, put it like this. If, if it's, it's a struggle for a caterpillar to fly. And it should be a struggle for a butterfly, a butterfly to crawl. Because it's two different natures. Same animal, but a new nature. That caterpillar crawled with ease. When you were a sinner, you sinned with ease. Tell the truth. You sinned with ease. It was so easy. It was doggone easy to sin. But once you went through your metamorphosis, you became a new creature. You can't go ahead and crawl on your belly anymore. That, 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 it's hard. With all this, you got all this trying to crawl. Right? So it's, it's, not, it's not hard to be a Christian in terms of living right and serving God. 
What makes it hard then? If Jesus told us that the yoke is easy and the burden is light, can I tell you what makes it hard? It's the yoke. It's the yoke. Oh, he said the yoke is easy and the burden is light. Yeah, but it's the yoke. You're yoked to him. That's what a yoke is, Y-O-K-A, not yoke, like, not Y-O-L-K, like in eggs. My yoke, Y-O-K-E. A yoke is a, a, an apparatus that's used to connect two animals or two, two workers together. So my yoke is easy. So he, when you get saved, you are now yoked to Jesus. That's the problem. It's easy. He, he makes it easy. But the problem is you're now yoked to him and now you're a problem for the world. All right, let me show you this here. Let me show you this here. Look at, look at um, John 15. This is St. John, the Gospel of John 15, verse 18 through 21. John 15, verse 18, 18 through 21. Now, if you want to read this, this discourse, this whole passage starts at John 13. Well, in fact, media, do me a favor. While they're getting John 15, 18, put up John uh, 13, verse 1. I'm going to show you where this whole, whole scenario starts. John 13, verse 1. Now, before the Feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the Father... Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So he knew at this point he's about to leave. This very night is when he's going to be betrayed. Now this, this whole section ends at John 16, verse 33. So put up John 16, 33 for them, and then you'll see where you are in the middle here. He ends it saying this. These things, everything from John 13, 1, so John 16, 32, he says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Y'all remember that one? You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Celebrate about it. I've already overcome the world. Okay? So it starts with him knowing he's going to leave. It ends saying, okay, this is what you're going to have. Now go back to where I told you, John 15. Verse 18, hallelujah, let, let me get it here. Let me get it. I'm trying to rush through this. Let me just take my time. John 15. Verse 18. Y'all see this? Now, if you look in your Bibles, it's basically read all the way from 13.1 on. Okay? So, verse, uh, chapter 18, I'm sorry, 15, verse 18. I, I lost it. Let me go back in mind. Okay, here it is. Remember now, we're yoked to Jesus. We're yoked to him. We hooked up. It's easy. Burden is light. But we're yoked to him. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. How many of y'all remember when you were in elementary school or middle school maybe even in high school, and somebody had a falling out with somebody and they, did, they had a, because they didn't like so-and-so, they didn't like all the friends of so-and-so. Oh, you friends with him? Oh, you friends with her? I don't do you no more. That's, I mean, we know it's the most childish stuff you can ever. People growing up still doing that mess. Growing up and you still got beef, secondhand beef?
childish. That's second grade stuff. Don't, don't play with her. Don't, don't play with her because. All right, verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Boy, this is good here. If you of the world, they will love you. Now, this, this is us to look. Now, I want you to look at with your, with your analytical uh, eyes and think about things around you in the world and in the church. And now you got to start questioning, how, how is it that some people in church are so loved by the world? How is that some pastors and preachers are, the world loves, I mean, the world just, I mean, wow, how is that? Because remember, once you're yoked to him. No way in the world the world can love you because the world hates him. So if the world hates him and you're yoked to him, the world is supposed to hate you. And yet people are doing their doggoneness trying to get the world to love them. No, that's not how it's supposed to work. In if, verse 19, if you of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world, the world come on, hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my namesake, because they do not know him who sent me. I know that's powerful. Let, let's, 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 get, let's get another, um, maybe a little more clarity. Turn to the, uh, give, give me the Passion Translation, those same verses, verses 18 through 21 in the Passion. Y'all, look, look on the screen. Jesus talking, right? Just remember, when the unbelieving world, as we say the world, this is what we're talking about, not animals and birds and trees and buildings. He's talking about when the unbelieving world, sinners, can we just say sinners? When sinners, when the sinner hates you, they first hated me. Verse 19. If you were to give your allegiance to the world, they would love and welcome you as one of their own. So can you see what's happening in the church? All of a sudden, people in the church, they're so loved by the world. I mean, the, the unbelieving world. Because they are starting to give their allegiance to the world. Remember the falling away. But because you want to align yourself with the values of this world, because you want to align yourself with the values of this world, because you won't go along with their acceptance and their tolerance and their agreement, and their, because you want to align yourself with the values of this world, I'm checking y'all. Some of y'all like, well, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Because you want to align yourself with the values of this world, they will hate you. So it's, 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 it's no, no surprise that when, when I've seen pastors, major mega church pastors, been interviewed by Oprah and been interviewed on, on, on mainstream television, and they ask them, well, you know, what, what is your opinion? What, what do you say about this? And they, um, um, well, you know, um, well, you know, I just, I don't, I don't believe there's a, we can really determine how God feels about something, you know. I've, I've watched them on, on the videos. I'm like, are y'all? It's just the Bible. That's why I told you. you. I don't have to give you my opinion. Let's, let's just read it. 
So if I do an interview, I'm having my Bible. You got your Bible, right? Let's, let's read it. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to read it right in the word what God says about that issue or this issue or whatever. See? So because you won't align yourself with the values of the world, they will hate you. I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. Keep going, please. So remember what I taught you, that a servant isn't superior to his master. And since they persecuted me, they will also persecute, persecute you. And if they obey my teachings, they will also obey yours. They will treat you this way because you're mine. And they don't know the one who sent me. Do you understand that? So his yoke is easy, his burden is light. But the yoke is the issue. Because you're yoked up with Jesus, you're in line for some stuff, okay? Can I keep going here? Now, go to Matthew 10, because I'm going to show you, this was, this was in fact, he, we, he said this when we were reading in the section. He says, remember the word I said to you. So this wasn't his first time saying this to them. So go to Matthew 10 because he told these fellas this from the beginning. Look, I want to let you know what you're signing up for. <laughs> you know how people, they join the army or, or the navy or the, or the Air Force or the Marines, and they give them this picture of, oh, yeah, you get to go to Hawaii and you get to go see the world, and you get to go do everything. It's just going to be wonderful. And, man, you're going to, you, I mean, you think, think how much money you get to make and keep, and you can help your family, and you, I mean, it's, you, oh, it's just wonderful. They don't, they don't talk to you much about, you know, getting up at 4 o'clock a.m. and being out on the field running at 4.30, and they don't talk about that kind of stuff and how you, you get five minutes to shower and be dressed and be downtown, down ready for inspection. They don't, give, they don't talk about all that stuff. They don't tell you you're not going to see your family for nine weeks and you might be on the front line. They don't tell you that stuff. They say in all the glory, oh, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. You can get you a car. They, they offer people bonuses now. You can $50,000 bonus. You join the service now, $50,000 bonus. Oh, that's wonderful. But they don't tell you how, <laughs> how long it takes to get that bonus. You don't get it day one you sign. Oh, praise. No, you don't get that money like that. What you got to go through to get that kind of stuff? But Jesus isn't like that. He says, I want to make sure you know what you're signing up for. I'm inviting you to get yoked up with me, but if you're going to be on my team, if you're going to be on my side, if you're going to be in my party, I want you to know clearly what you're signing up for. To me, that's fair. Look at this, chapter 10, verse 16. He's telling them in chapter 10, you know, to go out and preach and heal and do all that kind of good stuff. But look at verse 16. So they got an option here. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. <laughs> Just tell you up front. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Verse 17. But beware of men. Now, y'all that's on my team, right, that's going out. Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you, that means whip you, in their synagogues. You'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. 
For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Verse 21. Y'all still on board? Yes. We're still going with Jesus, right? Yes. Okay, I'm just letting you know what, what's, what's down the road, Deke. Now, brother will deliver up brother to death. He's saying your brother going to tell on you. Your brother the snitch. Oh, well, well, brothers, you know, brothers, they, I, I see that. And a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. Remember, this is all for the gospel. This is not because they got in an argument over drugs and got in an argument over the inheritance. This is talking about for, for walking with Jesus and being yoked up to Jesus, this is what we're going to have a brother going to turn against brother, father against child, children against their parents. Are you sure you want to do this here? I'm just asking y'all. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all are not convincing me in the least bit, boy. Y'all. Lord, Lord, keep him, Lord, keep him, Lord. Verse 22. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But here comes the bonus. When? At the end. He who endures to the end. So I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that everything going to be peachy keen and you're not going to get some haters. You're not going to have some enemies. I'm going to tell you up front, you're going to have a rough road because of your connection to me. But if you can endure to the end. Hey, I, mean, I mean, to me, that's the best way to do it. Tell me up front what I'm getting into. That's what people all do when they get married. But that's what the whole dating phase is all about. Tell me what I'm really getting into. Don't sit here and lie to me about how, you know, all this. <laughs> Tell me up front. Tell me up front, you're only doing this for the dating phase. Tell me up front, when we, when we, once we're married, you're going to change completely. Just tell me up front. And you'll be hated for, by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Verse 23, I, I got to keep going here. When they persecute you in this city, when, when they do it, flee to another. Go somewhere else. You get persecuted, flee, go somewhere else. For surely I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. You're not going to make it all the way there. In other words, he said every city you go to, it's going to be persecution. <laughs> Verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, is that what they call Jesus? How much more will they call those of his household? So they're going to call you Beelzebub too. Lord of the flies. How much more will they call those of the household? Verse 26. Therefore, do not fear them. We can write the word cower. For there's nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Verse 27. Whatever I tell you, now listen, listen. Remember, this is all because of the gospel's sake, right? Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Now, he's saying this because obviously he's telling you something that's going to be anti-world. This is why they hate you. Y'all hear me tonight. 
Okay, I'm, we'll keep going here. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in the ear, preach on the housetop, on the housetops. And, that means this, this thought is continuing, and for all your preaching and talking, speaking, do not fear those who kill the body. So that means because of what you preach and what you speak, they will want to kill you. Well, I hope y'all hang on. They can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. That's what folk are all afraid of. I can't say that because, you know, they're not going to like it and they, you know, they might, they might kill me. All they can do is kill your body. Do you know you are not your body? Do you know you don't need your body for the rest of, your, for the rest of eternity? You don't need your body for here. You only need your body for here. Once you leave here, you don't need your body. But you're still you. You still exist. So the worst thing people can do is kill your body. They're going to kill me. No, they're not killing you. They're killing your body. You got to come to a place where your body, your flesh, this life is not more important than the assignment God gives. Than standing up for what we believe. Boy, everybody's scared of the cancel culture. Everybody's scared of the cancel. Y'all people being scared of cancel. Let alone being killed. They're scared of being canceled. Oh, they're going to unsubscribe. I'm going to lose some followers on Twitter. I'm going to lose some friends on Facebook. Oh, my God. People going, they're going to leave my church. Leave. I learned this from, from my spiritual dad. Pastor Durbin said, one time I was kind of lamenting over, you know, people leaving the church. And he said, I'm going to tell you exactly what God told me. He said, God told him, he said, I'm going to put in his words, Philip, he said, if it wasn't for me, you would have never known these people. Y'all missed it. If it wasn't for me, this is what God told him. Philip, if it wasn't me, you would have you never known them. Other words, they were never yours. What you lamenting over people they're leaving for? You preach my word. You do your job. In season, out of season. Rebuke, reprove. Correct. Exhort. Hallelujah. Let the chips fall where they may. If they don't like it, guess what? They didn't like Jesus. I said they didn't like Jesus. They hated Jesus. So if they hate you and they start bashing you in so, on social media, bash on. That's why I, I, I take the approach of Brother Copeland. I don't, I don't go trying to read what people say about me, good or bad. Oh, somebody said something good about you. I don't want to read it. I don't need to read it. Oh, they said something bad. I don't need to read that either. No, I'm going to do my job. can do is kill the body but rather fear him who was able to destroy both soul and body in hell in hell <laughs> so death is not the worst issue here hell is the worst issue 
Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. I got to keep going. 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, this is what's happening. Him I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. Lord, did we cast out devils in your name? I, I, I don't know you. You know you knew me. You know, you know, you know me. I don't know you. How are you going to deny you know me? Remember down there on earth when you were denying me in front of people? When somebody asked you your opinion, somebody asked you your stance, and you didn't, you didn't I don't want to get into that. I decline to comment because I don't want to, you know, I stay out of that kind of stuff. Now before the Father in heaven, Jesus, I don't know. Come on, church. Whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Wow. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Well, we know that kind of stuff happening. But not, I'm talking about for the gospel, though. Not about biscuits and chicken and stuff, right? This is for the gospel. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Boy. Come on, modern church. If he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Preach this word. Preach this word. And he who loves son or daughter more than me. Well, I ain't going to say that because, you know, when you, you got to love. You got to love. You got to love. Your daughter decides you're going to marry another woman. Your son decides he's going to marry another man. Well, I got, I got to go to the wedding because if I don't go to the wedding, that's not love. Whoever loves father or mother or son or daughter more than me. See, what happens is now we want, to, we want to tell God what love looks like. We want to tell God what love looks like. No. No, he, he tells us what love looks like. God is love, 1 John 4, 8. He is love. You gotta stand so I can't not say anything. And if I do say something, I'm not going to say something just to appease you because I don't love you more than I love him. Boy, y'all looking at me like y'all want to shut me down. Y'all should see y'all faces, boy. Y'all is, boy... He said, if that's the case, he said, you're not worthy of me. What is it, what is it when Jesus says, you're not worthy of me? Well, this is in red, boy. It's tight, but it's right.
there's a lot of surprised Christians. And he who does not take up, take his cross, verse 38, and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Wow. Do me a favor. I want to go through the, through the message translation. Not all verses, just, just a couple of these. Give me verses 26 through 28 in the message. I don't want y'all to think I'm saying something. It says, don't be intimidated. Now, first, verse 26 is the one, do not fear them, okay? So don't be intimidated. Eventually, everything is going to be out in the open. And everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Don't, don't hide your opinion now. Go public with it now. Stand up and be outspoken about it. You don't have to be obnoxious and not courteous, but you have to be right and honest and, and forthright. And don't hem-haw. Y'all looking at me funny. Don't hem-haw. I might lose my job. I thought God's about all your needs. Oh, you actually are depending on your check. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because, see, we, we, we say this stuff in theory, but in practicality when the rubber meets the road. Are we really willing to be ostracized, persecuted? Are we really willing? Because it's, it's going to happen. I said this years ago, several years ago, right here in this church, and I was talking about people with the whole homosexual agenda. And I kept saying to people, I said, listen, the day is coming. You ain't got to go out there and say anything. They're going to come to you. Well, welcome. Here we are. In that day, now they're coming to you and asking you. Employers. Diversity inclusion training. Now they're coming to you. Now they're putting you on the spot to find out where you stay. Well, you know, I don't want to, I can't, I, I can't, okay, okay. Okay. See, see, seven, eight years ago when I was saying that, people were like, well, you know, that probably never happened. Yeah, I, here you go. Pastors, homosexuality ain't the only issue? No, that ain't the only issue. That, that's just one. But that's the lead agenda of the day. That's the one that's separating the men from the boys. No pun intended. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying. Those who are going to be bold versus those who are going to shrink back. Verse 28. Verse 28. Don't be bluffed in the silence by the threats of bullies. The threats of bullies. We're going to cancel you. We're going we're gonna to expose you. You're going to lose contracts. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God who holds your entire life, his 
uh, body and soul in his hands. Verse 32. Go to verse 32. Stand up for me against world opinion, and I'll stand up for you. This is about you confessing me before men? Before my Father in heaven. If you turn tail and run, do you think I'll cover for you? I like the way the message puts it. 33. Oh, that, that is 33. 32 and 33. Okay? So if you, if you turn, tell, and run, do you think I'll come up for you? The answer is no. Verse 39. 30, 38 and 39, rather. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Boy, this is some rough teaching right here, boy. Now, my, my, point, my point to you is all this, is as, remember we're dealing with winners, critters, and cowards. It looks to me like Jesus didn't have much good to say about cowards. There was... Nothing Jesus had to say that's, you know, oh, it's okay. You're a coward, but I still got you. You're still my boy. Mm -mm. See, he wasn't a coward when he went to the cross. <laughs> that's the whole basis of our salvation. See, he wasn't a coward when he went to the cross. Men came looking for him in the garden. And it's like, well, here, it's me. Here I am. They looking. We're looking for Jesus. Here I go. Right here. <laughs> he knows what's about to go down. He just told the disciples this was about, was about to go down. Remember we read in John 11 the other day, they were getting, getting ready to go there to, uh, to raise Lazarus from the dead. And, uh, and they, they said, hey, you know they want to kill you down there. Man, let's go. He wasn't a coward. So if he wasn't a coward when it came to us, he doesn't have much place for cowardice, no tolerance for cowardice when it comes to him. And yet the church is being conditioned today to be a whole bunch of cowards. Boy, they don't like this on regular, regular TV. Look at this in Luke, Luke 9, 62. Luke 9, verse 62. Chapter 9, can I read a couple more verses? Luke 9, 62. Go back. No, let's not, not, let's, let's not look at 9, 62. Go back to verse, uh, maybe it's 59, 58, somewhere around. 50, where, where does that passage begin? I didn't, 57, thank you. Well, 57. Let's read it all the way through. Hallelujah. Luke 9, 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Hello. Oh, Lord, I will follow you. I'm joining the church. What does he say? Verse 58. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes. 
birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, was he saying he's homeless? No, absolutely not. Jesus was not homeless. We know he had a home in Capernaum. The Bible says so. But what he's saying is, I'm on the move. Now, there's just, I'm going to give you the, there's deeper revelation than that. He's ultimately talking about the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, the, meaning the body of Christ. That's ultimately, but just in, in, the, in the natural, he's on the move. He's on a movement, moving ministry. And he has, he's not welcome anywhere he goes. He's not welcome anywhere he goes. So, if you're going to be with me, you got to be able to deal with rejection. Man, come on now. I'm looking at y'all faces. When y'all, when y'all got saved, you didn't sign up for that. Rejection? Yeah, somebody thumbs down your video. You trying to find out. I remember that, that happened to me a couple of times. I look at our church videos or something or, or Faith in Greece video and get a thumbs down. I'm like, oh, my God. Who, who thumbs down the video? And I actually I was trying to think, could I, could I, is there some way technically I could go figure out who thumbs down the video? And good thing I couldn't because in the condition I was in, I probably would have tried to go thumbs them something. I didn't realize, wait, 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 that's, I can't do that. Come back, come back, soul, get back right. You can't control people's thumbing down. But what I could do, I, I went and thumbs up myself. I put, a, I put my own thumbs up. Because if it's a one thumb up, I'm going to give a thumb down, I'm going to give a thumbs up myself. Try to out. So, <laughs> but he's saying you got to deal with rejection. Somebody shout Rejection. Have, have y'all, any of y'all experienced that so far? If you haven't, if you haven't, you've probably not let your light so shine yet. Because your light going to shine, is gonna, people going to glorify your Father in heaven, but there's also going to be some people who going to hate that light. Okay, keep going. Verse 50, uh, 59, please. 59. Then he said to another, he said, now, remember the first guy, he said something, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And he said, okay, you're going to deal with rejection, but come on. Now then, verse 59, now Jesus Christ, he says to somebody else, hey, follow me. He's inviting somebody down to join his ministry team, join his group. But he said, the man who he was talking to, who was invited to, come, to become part of his ministry team, said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now, theologians debate whether the father had already physically passed away, or he was saying the father was near death, and I just want to make sure I'm there. We don't know. But either way, look at Jesus Christ's response, Chris. He did not care. He, Jesus did not, he said, he said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now he's telling him, now the first guy he said, you're going to deal with rejection. The second guy he says, you're going to have to reject some people. Oh my God. See, you're going to be rejected, but on the flip side, we're going to do some rejecting. 
not in the sense that we don't want some people, but understand that, no, the kingdom has become my priority. I love my family, but I love him more than my family. I love my wife. I love my children. I love everybody, but he is more important than they are. He's not teaching you to hate your family. He's not teaching you to not be compassionate. What he's saying is, I need you to choose, though, what has your priority. Nothing wrong with burying your family. Nothing wrong with that stuff. But he's saying you got to have a priority. Let the dead bury the dead. But you go preach the kingdom. You got it? So the first guy, you're going to have to be rejected. But if, you, if, you, if you're good, come on. Second guy, man, you got to reject some stuff. I just invited you to come in ministry. <laughs> now watch this last guy, verse 61. And another also said, this is a guy like the first guy. This last guy said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me, can we you just let, learn from what he just said to the, to the last guy? You volunteering this. He didn't even ask you. You volunteering this. He said, but let me first go and bid them farewell who were at my house. So I'll, I'll follow you, but let me go say bye to everybody first. Let them know I'm gone. That seems reasonable, doesn't it? Well, look at verse 62. Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hands to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom. Go on, go, go with your family, just stay there. You ain't, don't, don't tell them bye, say, hey, I'm here to stay. Because if you don't understand this kingdom priority, you're not fit for the kingdom. Are y'all hearing this tonight? This is how serious this thing is, walking with God. This is talking about if you're going to be, if you're going to be a disciple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. L let me turn to Luke 9 in my Bible. Luke 9 in my Bible in this section. Yeah, because I wanted to see this. In my Bible, it, above that section, it says the cost of discipleship. Yours says the true cost of discipleship. So it costs to be a disciple. How much? Your life. It might cost you some friends. Might cost you some family. Some, they will reject you. Some, you will have to reject. But you have to set a priority, make the priority of your life the kingdom of God. Most folk, when they come down, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Christ. They don't, they don't ever really get into this. That's, that's why we don't have many um, true disciples. Churches get a lot of converts. We can have churches, man, they can have, oh, I gotta, we got a board with 10,000 converts. Or, no, sorry, yeah, 10,000 converts, 10,000 salvations. I mean, I watch, I, I, see, I, see, I see, you know, they're talking about we had 60 million over the last 10 years, 60 million salvations. And the church is half empty. And y'all only see 300. That's what I was going to say. That's Matthew 28, right? Put up Matthew 28, verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19. First put it in the King James for me. Do, do first King James. First put it in the King James. This is how I grew up with King James. 
Look what it says. Go ye, therefore. Go ye, go ye, go ye, go ye, go ye, go. That's Pastor Eric. Did y'all hear my rap? I did. Your boy was nice, wasn't it? Your boy was nice. Your boy, your boy was nice. says here. Jesus talking says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so teach all nations. Okay, but let's put it back in the New King James Version, which gives us a better translation of this here. Go therefore and make disciples. See? Now why is that, and I, I say better in, in the sense that it, it's more uh, illustrative than the King James. Not, not, not the King James is wrong because the King James says go therefore and go you therefore and teach. So what happens with teaching, disciples are made. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. See? So what happens is the church has mastered making converts. I got, I got, I gave out 800 bags of groceries, and we did 7,500 haircuts, and we gave out three bicycles and two motorcycles. And then we got 700 people to fill out this card, and they said they're saved now. Decision card. Herders do that. They master decision cards. They made decisions. And they never show up to church? They never go to, they never get transformation. You know why? The Acts 2 church, when the people got baptized and saved, it says they devoted themselves. Put up Acts 2 right around verse 44. Acts 2 right around verse 44. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 2. Now all who believed were together, had all things in common. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And sold their possessions and goods and anyone had need. Keep going. I got to find where I'm talking about. Uh, no, it must be verse 43. Is it 40, yeah, 42? 42, that's what it is. Thank you. It's the beginning. That's where the story begins. That's what we use. They continue steadfast in apostle doctrine and breaking fellowship, breaking of bread and of prayers. Huh? That's what the flight team's all about. See, that's the only way transformation happens. Just signing a card doesn't transform your life. Any more than joining a gym makes you thick. If, if that was the case, I'm joining every gym in town. You can have my $10. I'm going to just sit at home and just, just every day I'm just getting thicker. I'm going to be part of Gold's Gym, Lifetime, and... Planet Fitness, Orange Theory. I mean, I'm being everywhere. I'm on everywhere. No, you know, you actually got to go to the gym. I said, you actually got to go to the gym. I heard somebody say, hey, what, what's the best diet? It's the one you actually do. It's, it's the diet. 
That's the best diet. It's the one you actually do. Got the Brazilian diet, got the L.A. diet, got the Atkins diet, got all kind of diets. If you don't do any one of them, none of them work. So when you and I get born again, we have to now be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That takes me and you spending time devoting ourselves to the apostles' doctrine, to learn the word of God. And when I sign up, I find out, wow, I got to really commit to this thing because really, if, if you get sure enough saved, the rejection starts to happen immediately. You become a target for persecution immediately. Oh, you save? Now what, what people start doing is they'll start poking at you. How many of y'all went through that? You, you got saved and went back to the job and you messed around and told somebody or your family who they unsaved, you got saved. They start kind of poking at you, trying to test your salvation out, see if you really... Save like you say you save. They watching you. It ain't gonna last. And that's what they say. It ain't gonna last. Oh, you'll be back. That was 10 years ago and you're still walking with Jesus. That was 20 years ago and you're still walking with the Lord. I had a guy one time, I went to high school with him. I got saved and started preaching when I was in high school at Lakewood. A senior in high school, I, started, I got saved and started preaching the same year. And I surrendered the guy about 10, 12 years later. You, you still preaching? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a class, bro. It was like, yeah. You know. <laughs> there was a surprise I was still at it. Yes, I got, I got saved, for real. I'm, I'm really saved. I really love Jesus. I'm, I'm. Amen. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. All right, we'll get into the rest of this Sunday. I think we'll do part four Sunday, and that'll be it. Because we're not cowards. No. I said we're not cowards. No. And if, if called upon to stand up for Jesus, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God and salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew and then this is the Gentile. Don't be ashamed of your stance with the Lord. Don't be ashamed of walking with Jesus. I'm a Christian. Don't be ashamed to carry your Bible somewhere. Tote your Bible. <laughs> I remember hearing Dad talk about, this Apostle Derby talk about how when he first got saved, he used to carry his Bible everywhere. Just had his Bible in hand everywhere. At the grocery store, park, wherever, just carry your Bible. I'm not telling you you got to carry your Bible everywhere. But what I'm saying is don't, don't not carry it because you're scared. You got your gospel music playing, but as soon as you get to the traffic light, you turn your, turn your music down. Come on, where y'all laughing? I'm, I'm hitting on somebody right there. I'm hitting... No, turn it up. Let your windows down. How about this one? How about this one? What about on your social media? How about sharing the gospel? 
see, I'm not on social media, but I know how it goes. You'll share everything else. You'll share everything else. When's the last time you shared a repost from Sunday's message? When's the last time you watched Sunday's message? Come on, let's, 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 let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest. Because we're talking about, we're talking about, remember Jesus got on that church, he said, Church of Ephesus. He said, I got to deal with y'all. He said, you, you're doing all the good. I got one thing I got to deal with y'all is that, he said, you've left your first love. Dick, I've been reading these, and I'm taking my time. There's only, there's only seven, seven churches in Asia he talks to, and, I, and it's, I'm on my, my, like, fourth day, and I'm still on the, on the second church. So I'm, like, studying these, not studying to preach because I'm studying for my life because I'm looking at these churches, and I'm saying, wait a minute. I looked at all the churches wrong before. I, I looked at all of them, and I, I thought they were all bad because my titles in my Bible says the corrupt church, the loveless church, the, you know. But I, when you read them, he has something good to say about all of them. Every one of them he goes through and says, hey, you know, hey, I, I know your works. I know your patience. I know your faith. All. He says, but there's one thing I got to bring up. And so I look at it now, Dick, and I go, wait a minute. I don't want to sit here thinking I'm perfect, thinking I'm so good. I want to make sure Jesus is able to say, Jonathan, but there's one thing or a few things. Some of you said a few things. I want to be able to say, all right, Lord, I don't want to think I'm something that I'm not. Come on this side. I don't want to think I'm something that I'm not. I want to make sure when you look at me and you evaluate me, Lord, you really have nothing but good things to say. And it requires me, Chris, really being honest with myself. And I'm, I got stuck on that Ephesus church because I said, wait, I can see where I left some of my first works. Do I have the same fire and intensity? Deacon Gershaw, I see you came in. You remember when I when I first got saved? Deacon Gershaw was there. He was there. He was. We were in the same church when I first got saved. My first night preaching, my what they call trial sermon. The first night I preached, I called all the youth, the youth in the church together. Remember that? Not but a pastor. I did. I said, I'm asking all of you, please come come meet me. We met in the back of the church, and I cried because I wanted them saved so bad. I did. I just, I, boot, I literally cry. You, I, I, Gershon probably start crying at night too. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're men, but I'm, I'm saying that passion that I wanted people saved because I was, I, this was, this salvation, it was just Wow. And I've been in church my whole life by that time, Chris. I'm 17, but I've been in church my whole life. But when I got saved, it was like, wow. This is like a whole new world. That's how you know it's not religion. See, some people are going to be shocked because they've, they've religiousized their self all the way through. They, got born, they were born in, in a church family. They sung in the, in the kids' choir, sung in the youth choir, went to children's church, and just grew up in church and never actually had a real conversion experience and think they're going to heaven, and they're not. 
I said, think they're going to heaven, and they're not. They just were in church their whole lives. So when I got saved, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. This is, I mean, it felt like, wow. And I wanted desperately for everybody I knew, man, y'all got to get saved. Y'all got to get saved. You, this is like the best you can, oh, this is, this is amazing. You, and so when I look at the church at Ephesus, I said, wow. Where is that? Where, where, where is that? Where is that? Because he said, you've left your first love. He says, so return to your first works. I said, God, wow. I got to get back to my first works. I don't, I don't want you being disappointed with me. Hallelujah. I, I know I'm probably rambling, but it's just, it's just, it's just, just, just think back to when you first got saved. I mean, when you really got saved. See, if when you got saved, there was never this, wow, you may not have gotten saved because you know when you got saved. It's always asking, when did you get saved? If you can't come up with a, with a, a year or a month or a day, that's what I know. February 12th, 1989, I got saved. Wow. You know it. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Lord, today, this very moment we're asking you to do for us like you did for those seven churches. Even as the psalmist prayed search us, try us, know us, see if there be any wicked way in us and lead us in the way that is everlasting. God, we don't want to have a name that we're living and we're actually dead. We don't want to think we're something when we're nothing. We want to truly be, we want to truly be pleasing to you and not disappointing in any way. So Lord, we make sure that we're not looking back and becoming unfit for the kingdom making sure that we're not loving our own lives and preserving our own lives and losing our souls. We're, we want to make sure, Father, that we're not loving family or friends or things more than you. You said if that's the case, we're not worthy of you. We want to make sure, Father, that we're not in our lifestyles or in our words denying you before men. Because you said if we do that, You'll deny us before the Father. God, we want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy. God, tonight I'm asking you that each and every one of us, you'll deal with us personally. Each person, remind us 
of the first love. Remind us of the first works. Remind us of the zeal and the excitement, the passion that we had. Yes, Lord, even as a songwriter said, take us back to the place where we first received you, where we first believed. Take us back. Take us back so that, God, we can please you in every way. I pray for these, your people, Father, that have received the word of God tonight, that, God, that, Lord, that we would grow and be strong in you in the power of your might and that we will stand in this wicked day in the midst and face of persecution and trial and testing and tempting and all the things that come against us, we will not turn aside. We will not draw back. But Lord, we are those who believe to the saving of the soul. God, we declare you can use us in these last days for your will and for your glory. Take our lives and do something glorious with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. Give God a great hand of praise tonight if you receive the word of God.